Therefore, because he's done a whole load of thinking and a whole load of writing and gone, do you get this, do you get this, do you get this, do you get... Therefore, so really we shouldn't talk about this bit apart from the bit before, but then you spoke about that last week and the week before that. So, And of course you always remember exactly what we've said from the week before and the week before that, so that's absolutely fine. I'm quite impressed you remember what I said on Tuesday. I'm quite pleased with that. Therefore, since, through God's mercy, we have this ministry. Now, this isn't just to church leaders. This is to everybody. Now, this ministry, this ministry of reconciliation, this ministry of taking the gospel to other people, this ministry of being the people of God. So we have this ministry. We do not lose heart. Well, at least we try not to. So I'm adding my bits in. My response as I read them. Rather, we've renounced secret and shameful ways, mostly. Um, we do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Is that it? It's good. Right. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I was reading that like there was more, didn't I? <laughs> so can we go back to verse 1? We're going to do it. We're going to go through it. We've already said this ministry, this life, at the moment, it's hard work. We've got the... We've, got, we've sort of coming out of the pandemic. We've come back to a sort of normal. And suddenly, whoosh, we're busy. I know it's winter, James, but is work busy? Flat out. Yeah. And Johnny and I say, hurry up. No, they don't. No, but they do. But it, it's flat out, isn't it? Suddenly people have gone, right, oh, actually we can do stuff now, bang. And people running businesses and doing works and doing, suddenly, oh. And the rest of us are now going, why has everybody put their prices up? I'm not saying you have. But why has everybody put their prices up? It's to choke off the demand because there's too much around so you only take the jobs of the people who actually will pay for it because time has suddenly become, it's busy. Some others of us, the guy behind the bar at the retreat centre, I started talking to him, Mark, and um, I said, oh, how long have you been here? He said, about three months. I said, oh. Guy in his, well, he had white hair and a mask on, so he could have been anything from 45 to 60, 65. No idea how old he was. I said, so if, is this your, are you in this industry? Are you in the, the hospital? Oh, I'm a graphic designer. Oh, oh yeah, I got made redundant about six months ago because... We'd come through the first lockdown, we'd come through the first impact and all the rest of it, and then we got furloughed. And was, uh, but when we all got to back, get to back together as a business and work out what's going uh, no. There wasn't a job for me. I said, my son runs, is in charge of the hospitality and the catering and all the rest in the retreat centre. He said, uh, he got, he, I said, oh, he got you the job. He said, no, he got me an interview. <laughs> Apparently the interview went... Have you got any experience in this area? And he went, no. 
<coughs> uh, the next question was, have you ever been to a bar? Yes. Have you ever drunk beer and wine at a bar? Yes, the job's yours. <laughs> and he said to me, I've been here three months and you're the first person to ask me about me in a Christian retreat center. Hmm. And life's hard for him at the moment. He's got a job. He said, oh, no, we're okay. I've got a job. Everything's fine. He, but he's not doing what he's supposed to do. Literally what he's designed to do. Ha-ha. I said that to him, and he said, are oh, you being funny? I said, no, no, it's God has got a design for you. And I said, oh. Hmm. Life is hard for so many of us. But it's God's mercy that's given us this life and this time. So we don't lose heart. And this is the bit that Ruth talked about earlier. This, if we put our hope in the wrong place. You know, coming out of lockdown, if I put my hope in the number of people turning up at church Sunday by Sunday, I would have, I would have left about three months ago. Because we're not. You are. I love you. You're amazing. Marin's not been able to. It's great to have you here on your feet. Which is amazing. The amazing healing there. But look. Not that long ago, this place is full. So if my hope was in the numbers at church and all the rest of it, it what's the point? If my hope was in the people that was going to be healed that haven't been healed or the people that were going to come to faith that haven't come to faith. And there have been people healed, hallelujah, and there have been people come to faith. Isn't that wonderful? But if my hope was in those things, my hope was in church being amazing and absolutely perfect, that ain't going to work. I should know that after 25 years, shouldn't I, really? Because we aren't, because we're all just human and we all screw up, including me. But it's his mercy. His mercy, his loving kindness, that could be translated as. It's actually from the Hebrew idea of hesed. It's that loving kindness. His loving kindness has given us this, this ministry. Therefore, we do not lose heart. If we're with the Lord and spending time with the Lord and in his presence every day, we do not lose heart. Does that mean we're jolly all the time? No. Does that mean nothing goes wrong? Of course not. But it means all the that the world throws at us is we can handle it. Well, we can't handle it. He can handle it. The sickness, the bereavement, the grief that Wendy and Kerry were talking about so amazingly last week. But we can... We could deal with it. We could deal with it. Through his mercy. It's only in his presence. Actually, if we know and have revelation about who we are in Christ, through the, that, all those verses on the birthright card I think everybody's got, now, that wasn't just a nice laminated card that we gave you as a, a part of a course. That was actually a whole load of verses in Scripture to hold on to, to remind yourself that you're the apple of his eye, that you're beloved, and all that stuff, that you're included, that you have a purpose, that you have a reason for being. You are significant, you are safe and secure, and you have a call. So we don't lose heart. The problem is, when we have a call, and I hold my hand up to this one, is we're tempted to make it happen. 
Because, you know, I'm capable enough to make those things happen. I, c I can push that and make that happen. I've got enough personality to persuade Fred and Jean to come on the church weekend. I don't need to, I know. But you know what I mean? I, I could do that. I could make that happen. We've renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor we dis distort the word of God. The reading for the 8 o'clock this morning was um, basically don't lead on your own understanding. Don't, don't live by your worldly deceits. Is that right, Romans 12? the people that heard me read it and I can't remember exactly what it said um, it's so easy when we're involved in ministering to people when we're living as Christians is well it's such a fine line because I have been saying we need to get off our bums and do stuff you know so somebody won't come to faith unless you go and speak the gospel to them but if they don't come if they don't come to faith then well, I didn't do it properly. I've messed up. No. You know, if somebody's healing uh, and them not dying before the age of seventy or whatever, this was down to the way that the church we let we've led over the last twenty-five years prayed, then we would have been responsible for a number of deaths, which we're not. Does that mean I can understand it? No. Does that mean I like it? No. Does that mean I wish I prayed harder? Absolutely. Does it mean I wish I prayed for people when I knew I could, before I knew I could? Yes. But we've given up trying to make it happen. We don't use the secret and shameful ways. We don't use the contacts to get what we need. Yeah? We're not part of the Freemasons. <laughs> We're not hidden. We're not part of a political party that will do it and scratch each other's back. So actually... We look at the parties at the moment, they want to stick a dagger in each other's back rather than scratch each other's back. But you know what I mean? We're not doing, you know, we're not all scouts together, therefore we'll sort it out for each other. Sorry, I, I know they, I'm just trying to make it as broad as possible. Oh, we go to St. Leonard's, I give them a better price. There's a guy in this area who sells carpets, he's absolutely wonderful. Because he does a great deal for Christians, it doesn't matter which church you go to. Hallelujah. I've known people in his place, in, pre you know, in previous places, who will give discount to their free church friends, but Anglicans aren't proper Christians, so therefore they won't do it for them. And vice versa. It's a load of bologna, isn't it? Am I allowed to say that? That's fine. I don't think I've ever eaten bologna. Actually, I shouldn't say that out loud, because we'll probably have it next, won't we? <laughs> sort it. But we don't try and make it happen. And we don't twist the word of God to make it say what we want it to say. You know? We just don't do those things. On the contrary, what do we do? We commence, on the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly. We, we shun worldly ways, but what we do is we set forth the truth plainly. And when we set forth the truth plainly, the world looks at us and goes, What? You're stupid. Who gives away a hundred thousand pounds just before they do a building project? We do. What have you done that for? God told us to. What? Well, He did. And all that hundred thousand pounds come back in. Again, at this retreat, I said to somebody, "Oh, blah blah blah, church weekend away in a few weeks." Uh, I said, and oh, we're doing what we normally do. We're not charging. They, what? 
I said, oh, well, you get, you're getting it for free. Have you found a centre that will do it for free? I said, no, we're going to a Devere hotel. What? But you're not charging. No, we're not charging. Yeah, but how much is it going to cost? No, we're not charging. We've been around that one, haven't we? <laughs> we still go around that one now. How much? No, we're still charging. It, it's free. It's free at the point of use. Please, 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 please. Did you notice my, my email this week? Just have one thing on it. I didn't even write it. I got Alice to write it. I just said, put, please sign up, put the blurb about it, lots of love, Laurie, and she wrote it. So flipping busy this week. But actually, that's all I would have done. Because I've seen the list of people who are coming, the list aren't coming. The ones of you that are coming, you're wonderful and amazing. Those of you that aren't coming, you're wonderful and amazing, and please come. Because <laughs> it's free. If anybody doesn't come because they can't afford it, I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to poke somebody in the eye. Because it's free. Why don't we understand that word? Why don't we understand it's free? Eternal life is free. It's all been paid for. Not quite true with Church Weekend. We haven't quite paid for it all, but uh, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's free. The point of use. Give what the Lord tells you want to give into it. Well, how much? No. If I tell you how much it is, you'll probably aim for that, won't you? But if I say it's free, give what the Lord tells you, some of you will give less because that's right, and some will give more, which is handy. Uh, sorry, which is also right. <laughs> but come, we've got Simon Parry, we hope. <laughs> he hasn't confirmed, but uh, he should be coming doing the children's work. Ian's coming. Uh, Ian's a great speaker. Some of you have heard him at the Jesus Ministry stuff. He's a great speaker. He's, <coughs> he's, he's more like Chris in that sense. He's a, he's a, he's a straight-line thinker, but he's super spiritual. and in, you know, he'll, he'll be amazing. He'll be absolutely amazing. So, come. Come. If there's difficulty or problems, come talk to me. We'll see what we can do. All right? Because I want the family. Do you remember the last one? I know some didn't come, and that was right. You guys pulled out 24 hours to go. Absolutely right at the time we were, we were at, the moment, in the moment. It was absolutely right. But wasn't it good? Just look, wow. Wow. And the one before that was Pete and Sarah. I'll say no more. Because <laughs> that was, you know. And now, if you're, if you're booked and all the rest of it, and, and you can't come at the last minute, it's okay. It's okay. And you want to come at the last minute, as long as we've got empty rooms, you can still come. It's absolutely. How can you be that flexible? Because we choose to be. We're not following worldly ways. We're trying, choosing to be generous. We give away. We give away. I've had too many treasurers who go <laughs> every time you ask to spend some money. It's lovely having one that goes, yeah, okay. And every now and again comes around and goes, oh, mm. <laughs> yeah, but I know that Katie will tell me when it's right not to. Nicely. <laughs> but don't, but apply this to home. Apply this to the way you do family. Apply this to the way you do business. You know, I've got a friend who's run a business for years. And they've struggled from time to time, all the rest of it. And his accountant keeps saying to him, why do you tithe your profits? Why do you give away? And, and then why do you give away even when you're not earning anything? You've sort of built the giving away into your costs. 
Paul just said, well, I've got to. That's the way, that's the, way the kingdom of God works. And he's never gone bust. He's so close to the wind a couple of times, but he's never gone bust. And it's fine. Please, I'm not telling you to do that. You do what's right between you and the Lord. But apply it. Apply it into those situations. And set forth the truth plainly. The world will not understand us as we do that. We commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Do we do wrong before you? Do we, do we mess up? Are we horrible to people? So when that person turned around and said, you know, St. Lannis is trying to um, destroy a community over Christmas when somebody tried to deliver something to them. So I was trying to destroy a community. Come and look and see what we do. Come and look, because we're not. We really aren't. We set forth the truth plainly. But we do need to recognize the God of this age, verse 3. Even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The people that don't hear and don't understand are those that are perishing. doesn't mean it's too late for them, but it means they're veiled. They can't get it. And this is why, verse 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. The God of this age is Satan. He's the prince of this world. And he's blinded the minds of unbelievers because of the the education system, the culture, all the rest of it, all the, all the stuff around us, where God's not in the picture. Now, what's his name? Tony Blair's um, spin doctor. Oh, come on. Alistair Campbell. Thank you very much, whoever said that. Bless you. you know, we don't do God. You do God personally, but you don't do God in that corporate sense because it doesn't play. And actually, it doesn't play out there. Most people don't do God. They do nice. They do people being lovely, but they don't do God. Actually, we still got to do God. They don't do God because the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And where is the image of God and where is the glory of Christ right now? In us. So when they look at us, they, they're supposed to see Jesus, but the enemy has blinded their minds. So what's the first work we have to do? We go into the heavenly realms. Oh, we're already there. That's where we're anchored. So we stand in the heavenly realms where we are raised to, and we say, Lord, how has the enemy blinded my next-door neighbor, my cousin, whoever it is, to the gospel? Right. Revelation, I bind up that spirit that's blinding because of pride, because of fear, because of control, because of whatever it is the Lord shows you. And then you go and share the gospel. Guess what? They hear it. They may still reject it, but they hear it. But at least they have a choice built on revelation, built on hearing what's true rather than not hearing it. We've seen that happen so many times. When you bind up something over a situation and then suddenly there's breakthrough just because the person's hearing clearly. They actually, you, know, you get that breakthrough. You know? In the office, we bind, we bind stuff over the communication of the church regularly so that people go to the right building for services and all that sort of stuff. Because we're communicating, but it's not getting through. And it's not your fault or our fault. It's the enemy sowing confusion. And it's not your fault. Hear that. No, hear that. I'm not blaming you. It's just... So we try and pray over our communication because we don't want anybody to be blinded to what, 
what the truth is. So we recognize the God of this age, that he's blinded minds. So we do the first work. We do the first work in the heavenly realms. We do the praying, we do the binding and loosing so that they will see the light of Christ, so that they will see the light of the gospel, so that they will see the glory of Christ, so that they will see the reality of God. So as we come into land here, can I ask you to do that first work first? That's why it's called the first work. You do the praying in the heavenly realms and from the heavenly realms first. You don't go and try and share the gospel with someone. You don't try and go and bless them. You don't try and ask for healing and all that sort of stuff without doing the warfare. You've got to do the warfare first. Not that we get focused on the warfare, not that we get demon focused or anything like that, but we do the warfare first so that we can have a clear run at the heavenly stuff and the truth will come through. So that's first. Do the first work first. Secondly, please reject the worldly approach. I'm going backwards here. You may have noticed. Reject the worldly approach. All of us, all of us are locked into worldly ways of doing things. All of us. You need a new car? Fine. What's the first thing you do? You sit down and work out whether you can afford it. How much have I got in the bank? How much... Is this going to work out? How much is that going to... What about, Lord, do I need a new car? And he says yes, so you go out and buy one. And he provides some money afterwards. It scares the what's it off you, doesn't it? It does me as well. Don't worry, because it's so in us that we can't do it unless. But if he's saying do it, or maybe he's saying don't do something that we are doing. Oh, that's, that's even harder, that one. So... Do the first work, reject the worldly approach, and therefore do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. For as the word of the Lord that came to us a few weeks ago says, if we're obedient to him, we will see the harvest gathered in. Again, reject, do the first work, reject the worldly approach, do not lose heart, and see the harvest gathered. Amen.